opening line. Okay, the 2021 NFL season is just around the corner. It is nearly here. Teams taking on a 17-week slate of games for the first time in history. The season opener is Thursday night when the reigning Super Bowl champions, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, host the Dallas Cowboys, our NFL um, expert here at Pinnacle. Um, Eric Eager, he's an NFL data expert, to be precise. Uh, joins us and he's going to help us tip everything throughout the season. We've got everything covered, intel and projections on all 32 teams really ahead of kickoff. And uh, well, I've got some big questions to start things off, Eric. Um, What has to happen for the New England Patriots to get back on top in the AFC East? Um, You know, I've got some predictions myself, but I I will let you uh, shoot them down if you want. I think the Seattle Seahawks were you know, they were seventh in, in, in sacks last season, but I, I, I think that they, you know, they lead the league in, in 2021. You might shoot me down there. We'll see. Um, and we've got breakout players and, uh, you know, we can expect to see some great things from some new faces as well, who've not particularly featured as much um, in the NFL in years gone by. But Eric, um, you hold all the cards here, my friend. Um, and I just want to, you know, get a basic overview ahead of this season. Um, so how are you going to approach betting on this season's NFL? Yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting season. Thanks for having me on, James. This is, this is to me, there are a lot of uncertainties with football because of what happened with COVID last year, what's happened with, um, you know, home field advantage, for example, being relatively minimal in 2019, eliminating completely in 2020, leading to a lot more scoring for road teams, for example. Coming back here, we're going to see fans in some capacity in every single stadium. So I think, you know, early on in the season, you have to build in variance, I think, into your process so that, uh, you know, when the uncertain thing happens and we'll get, you know, seven, 16 games worth in week one, how do you adjust your models moving forward? To me, that's the biggest, like, questionable approach to the season, everything else, you know, you, you have your know, teams starting working quarterbacks teams, you know, starting new quarterbacks. You have the confluence of defense and offense, like all that stuff we've already seen before, but it's sort of this edge case stuff with home field advantage, how new coaches will play you know, so on and so forth. That I think will really add um, some spice to the NFL season. And look, there's so many different betting markets in football where would you target, particularly early season? We're going to hopefully put some of these podcasts out fairly regularly throughout the season. So we'll be looking at games ahead. But just overall, you know, to start things off, where do you go? What markets are you aiming for? Um, and do you think that our betters and our listeners should actually be looking at in the first few weeks with those uncertainties in mind, of course? Yeah, I mean, I think the the futures markets are a place where, you know, if you're willing to tie up your money a little bit, some of that game to game variance sort of dissipates over time. Um, so you can find some value um, in conference markets and division markets, um, so on and so forth. So, you know, one example, um, you know, that you, you, know, so you can look at is, for example, the, the probability uh, of winning the NFC, you know, Pinnacle, for example, you guys have it at uh, plus 674. Uh, um, you know, I would make that more in the plus 500 range uh, or, or so. Um, so again, you're getting some value there, even though if you had to ask me gun to the head, I'd probably pick the Bucks to win the NFC. I think the best value on the marketplace is the Packers uh, at a little bit under seven to one. If you look at the AFC, for example, um, you know, I, I think that's, you know, 
the Chiefs are clearly the favorite, probably should be. Um, but when you look at who's, you know, maybe the best bets, uh, I think the Buffalo Bills at roughly five to one to win the NFC or sorry, the AFC, even though they have some COVID related issues with vaccines and stuff. If you can sort of break through that, um, I'd rather bet them on more of a long shot bet than this uh, than something like them to win their own division at a minus a dollar uh, uh, 53. So that's kind of where I'm at as far as, um, you know, you know, conferences. If you want to look at some divisions, you know, I do think that there are some you mentioned the Seattle Seahawks out of the NFC um, Seattle's, you know, plus 250 to win the NFC West. Um, I think that's maybe a little, that's a little too long. I think that, you know, that's a good value there. People mm-hmm. buying into the Rams, the 49ers, and especially on Pinnacle's platform, the 49ers, uh, I, I would, I would venture, uh, to guess that the Seahawks with the best quarterback in that division, uh, should be given more uh, of a chance than they're currently be- being given. And uh, just talking on those odds as well, you know, you can find them all at pinnacle.com, of course. There's loads on there, all the first week matchups as well, and there will be throughout the season. Um, Any key changes or movements, Eric, that people should be aware of from last season when they're looking at this kind of, you know, I'm just looking at last season's rosters, for example, um, teams that will or, or could affect the betting based on what we've got on the pinnacle odds. And then you look at the data, like you mentioned a couple there that look good value, you know, odds. Um, but it's difficult over a long period of time, isn't it? And maybe some of those changes might take a bit of time to bed in as well, potentially. Yeah, absolutely. I think, for example, one team, you know, that I got early in the off season, and again, this is, this is sort of, you know, part of the whole, you bet numbers in many cases, not teams, the Washington football team at one point during the off season was something like four to one to win the NFC East division. Now, if you look at pinnacle right now, they're plus plus one fifty one. So you've gotten substantial value if you bet Washington early and probably almost none, if you bet them now. So that to me, I think that that's one where they have a great defense. They have a, what I think many believe is a good coach. They have a quarterback that folks, are enamored with a little bit, even though he's never played in a playoff game before. Um, they're almost the favorite in the NFC East um, to win that division. Dallas is plus 146, is currently the favorite. Um, I actually think that price is also too, uh, you know, too expensive uh, for Dallas there. Um, but, you know, you're, you're seeing a ton of movement there on the Washington football team uh, to a team that is now sort of almost the favorite to win their own division. Um, because they won it last year, but they won it with a with a, a losing record. So I think a lot of people are were initially skeptical of them, and now we're buying it. And why do you think people are are buying it now? Is that is that based on on the data, or or, or just on results, or what? It, yeah, I think um, I think a lot of it is um, you know Dallas Cowboys originally being the favorite. They're getting their quarterback back from injury. I think a lot of folks are going to sort of like they're looking at him and saying, well, is he is he all that healthy? Is he injured? Um, and and they're saying, well, if we're going to sell a team in this division, um, then, you know, which team are we going to buy? And Washington appears to be the one team that folks want to buy. Interesting. Interesting. Well, there we go. There we go. There we have it. Um, and just looking at some of the other changes, I mean, what? <laughs> What are some of the best draft picks that you saw, actually, Eric? Um, any sort of draft picks that are going to have a real, you know, momentum swinger in in the throughout the course of the season? 
Uh, I, I think it's I think the Jets drafting Dak Wilson might have the biggest effect. They were, were a two win team last year. Their betting market is now six wins. Um, obviously, about half of that is due to the fact that there's a 17 game season. Half a win is due to there's a 17 game season as opposed to 16. But I do think he elevates that team. Similar for Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville. They were a one win team. That was why they were able to acquire him. Um, their win total has moved up, I believe, five and a half wins. Um, and, and so I, I really do believe that um, I, I really do believe that he's going to add a lot. And then when you look at uh, you talked about the New England Patriots, mm. we found that when we took Mac Jones and put him into the starting lineup for the Patriots, our simulation moved up about a third of a win over wow. Cam Newton. So it's already a veteran replaced by a rookie, a positive uh, for New England. Wow. Yeah, that's a big one. I was going to ask you about that. And that's made that much of a difference on your model. Really? Yeah, exactly. A third of a win is a decent amount, but, you know, quarterbacks are an order of magnitude more important than any other position in the NFL. So um, if you and Mac Jones has one of the best projections that we have in, in our system as far as taking a quarterback and going from the NCAA level to the NFL level. So he, he certainly, I think, warrants uh, that, uh, that sort of praise. And if you're a New England backer or a fan, uh, you know, you should be happy with that decision. Right. Your preseason plays then, Eric, um, I'm, I want to hear them. I want to hear what, where you're going at and, and I want you to nail your colors to the mask, if you like. And then we'll, what we'll do is after that, we'll go through some of the week one and maybe sort of look a couple of weeks ahead as well in terms of actual head to heads, but um, come on preseason plays, Eric, nail your colors to the mask early doors. This is what we want. I think the most likely Super Bowl matchup will be a repeat. It almost always is, but like the Chiefs and the Bucks, I do think are the most likely teams to make the Super Bowl out of the AFC and NFC, respectively. Um, if I, but they're overpriced, right? You're always going to be paying a tax on the teams that are the best in their conference. Um, if you want to back them, I think a team that because the betting markets had to sort of split the difference this offseason with Aaron Rodgers, um, the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers being unhappy with his situation in Green Bay. Um, the markets were sort of decidedly split on them. And when he decided to return, I don't think they completely corrected. So to me, I think my Super Bowl bet um, at a little under 12 to one is Green Bay um, to win uh, a Super Bowl, which would be the fifth in the history of their franchise. Um, I, you know, I like Aaron Rodgers. I think that defense is good. They have some, some things worry me about their offensive line. Um, and, and receiving core, but they had the be- one of the best quarterbacks, the MVP of the league last year, and the best wide receiver in the NFL on their team, and that's going to go a long way, in addition to a great head coach, Matt Floor. Well, there we have it. Wow. I mean, straight in, straight in with Super Bowl. So Green Bay Packers for you. There's Eric's reasons as well, listeners. Justified it very well. Uh, straight into episode one of the Opening Line podcast from 2021 season. I'm, I'm absolutely all over it. Any potential um, other value teams, though, that, that do stand out? I know you've touched on a couple earlier on when we were talking about, you know, movements and that kind of thing as well. But um, any others that, that catch your eye, particularly that we should actually mention that we haven't done so far? Yeah, I think um, when you look at teams to win their division, I think there are some value. For example, Cleveland is plus 141 to win their own division in the AFC North. I think. They should probably be the favorite there, given a lot of things that have happened this offseason to the Ravens and to the Steelers. Um, when you look at the AFC South, I think the Jaguars at a little over 10 to 1 um, should be considered 
you know, again, this is probably not a bet that's going to win, but it has value from a probability perspective is the, is the Jaguars at 10, a little over 10 to one to win the AFC South. Um, you know, I, when I'm looking at sort of these other divisions, I talked about Green Bay to win the Super Bowl. I think laying a dollar sixty-five for them to win that division is also a fair uh, bet as well. You know, a bet that has positive EV. Um, so those are a few other ones. Like if you want sort of a market that's more winnable for some of these teams than the Super Bowl or or conference markets, uh, those division markets I think have value going in here. There we go. That's a good thing to bear in mind. It's nice to have you know, some stake riding on something that's going to last you all season, isn't it? You know, rather than doing week to week, I think there's a bit of a charm to that. That's what we do with the Premier League, with the soccer. And I think it's no different, certainly um, with the NFL as well. Who's going to win each, you know, divisional title? I think it's quite a nice, nice thing to do. Eric, thanks for those. Um, Just a couple of updates in terms of uh, Pinnacle Services as well. We're actually offering NCAA Football Live for the first time ever. Um, higher limits as well for both NCAA and NFL. Better uptime for both NCAA and NFL Live as well. Um, and uh, yeah, it prices through drives and breaks available. And there's also going to be loads more NFL markets available as well. So go to pinnacle.com uh, for those. Now we're going to go game week one um, and we're just going to have a look. And obviously Dallas Cowboys, Tampa Bay Bucks is the first game that's coming up. We've got the Steelers against the Bills, uh, the Jets, Panthers, Jaguars, Texans, Cardinals, Titans, uh, Chargers uh, against Washington. And I'm not going to list them all because obviously every single team is in action and it would take up the entire podcast. Um, they're the ones that sort of catch my eye. They are, um, you know, there's, there's some big ones. Any that catch your eye in terms of value, Eric, from this first game week and also any teams that look like they're going to get off to a quick start. I'm thinking teams that ended the last regular season well, that, you know, you, you get that inkling, the data point, points towards them hitting the ground running. Um, you know, they might not have won the Super Bowl or, or whatever, but you know that they're a nice safe bet at the start of a new season to have all their ducks in order. They've not made too many changes. You know, is there anything like that, first of all? Um, when I look at, you know, some of these some of these games, like, you know, Buffalo was a team that finished last season really well. I know they got beaten up pretty well in the AFC championship game by the chiefs, but you know, they, they basically covered the spread the last like, you know, eight, eight games of the regular season or so. And, you know, we're very uh, strong going into the playoffs. Um, they're laying six and a half against the Steelers. The Steelers have been a popular bet for a lot of people, um, you know, getting those points because you know people are sort of making the argument Buffalo was only a two and a half point favorite in December last year. Has this thing really changed four points in Buffalo's direction during the course of an off season? Those are, that's a good question. I think Buffalo will be one of the stronger teams in the entire NFL. I talked about them as a possible AFC champion. That's one to monitor. Um, what are the lines that I'm, I'm looking at? We talk about quarterbacks that's moving around all, all over the place is the New York Jets. The Jets are going to Carolina facing the Panthers. Jets starting rookie Zach Wilson, he, rookie head coach and, Matt, and uh, Robert Salah. They're getting four. This number has oscillated from three and a half and moved out to five and a half just a day ago. And now we're seeing some buyback on the Jets down to plus four. You know, five and, you know, five is not a key number in the NFL, but it is interesting that that has moved out um, all the way to come back to the Jets. There must be some support for the Jets out there. Um, one play that I, that I, that I'm looking at, um, you know, that I, I'm going to place and I've already placed is Tennessee laying three 
against Carolina on Pinnacle, it's plus 105. Mm. You can get uh, Tennessee, who I think, you know, is a division title winner last year, a team that's, you know, in the betting markets is trending near 10 wins uh, against a Cardinals team that has dealt with a lot of injuries, a lot of uncertainty at the head coach uh, spot. Uh, over the past year. So to me, those are ones that I'm interested in. Um, you know, they're not like the sexy games like Cleveland versus Kansas City yeah. um, or Seattle, Indianapolis or Los Angeles versus Chicago. But there are games that I, I, I'm finding, uh, you know, some interest in on the markets. It's interesting that because I was looking at those. I was going to say, oh, what about what? Come on. That, you know, that was the game that leapt off the page to me in terms of, I think, more as a viewing uh, spectacle yep. rather, rather than actually getting any value. And that's what this podcast is all about. Um, I'm just looking Monday night football, Chicago Bears, LA Rams, lots of people pile into Monday night football. And it's obviously got a lot of interest, loads of viewers. People can't wait for it to be back as well. Um, it'll be a spectacle. It'll definitely be a spectacle. I'll tell you that um, at, at the stadium. Um, just any value in that? Or I'm also looking on Tuesday, Ravens, Raiders. Any value there? Oh, yeah. So Chicago is getting seven and a half at Los Angeles. I think a big reason for that is the fact that they're starting uh, a veteran quarterback, Andy Dalton, who has always struggled in night games. He has always struggled against good defenses and the Rams uh, are a good defense and the Rams are playing, you know, hosting this game uh, at, at night. And so I think that the Bears are getting a full touchdown plus the half. Um, the hook there just to, you know, just in many cases because of that, there's a ton of uncertainty. One of the reasons I won't lay the, 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 the points with the favorite here, though, is the biggest source of uncertainty in my estimation is, you know, whether or not Chicago will insert Justin Fields, the 11th overall pick in the draft to play quarterback. I think if they put him in, they might be a better bet uh, than, than they were pregame. And you just can't, you know, sort of, uh, you know, sort of this interesting thing. If, if Andy Dalton plays well, um, their chances of covering are a lot higher. If he plays poorly, their chances of covering might be a little bit higher because they put in a better quarterback to replace him in all of our minds. So it's a really tricky one. I don't think I could lay the points with the Rams, who I think are a, a flawed team as well. Um, but I'm going to probably lay off that one. Um, the Baltimore versus Las Vegas Raiders game is interesting. I kind of like the over 50 and a half in that game. Games being played indoors on a fast track. Both teams uh, have a decent amount of team speed on offense. And especially in the case of the Raiders, I think the defense is, uh, in the case of the Raiders, I think the defense is, is not going to be very good. So Baltimore will certainly put up their end of the bargain in scoring. And Derek Carr last season was one of the best quarterbacks in the entire NFL. Kind of flew under the radar a little bit. Um, so I think there's going to be scoring in that game uh, in Las Vegas. There we have it. Hey, I love that. I think, you know, that's pretty much most things boxed off in terms of, you know, how, what else can we go, go at without any games being played, Eric, realistically? There's not a lot else. Are we missing stuff? Come on, you, I think you're nodding your head. It looks like you've got something else up your sleeve. Yeah, I mean, I just think, you know, again, um, when you're looking at these games, you know, there's there's obviously some teaser potential with some of them as well. Um, but, you know, just, you know, week one might be, a, you know, week one is something where if you don't have a lot of bets down, well, let's say in May or, or, or June, um, you know, these numbers are sort of beaten into place. We're seeing a decent amount of movement also this week. But one of the big things to monitor is to say, okay, well, how, what do we think about things like home field advantage? What do we think about things like crowd noise? Last season, road teams scored or were more, were as efficient as home teams on offense. Um, a lot of people are attributing that to crowd noise. 
it with crowds back this year, is that going to be the case? Are we going to see more unders, right? We have a lot of totals above 50. You have a 52 in Tampa Bay. You have a 52 in Tennessee. You have a 50 in Indianapolis, a 54 in Kansas City, uh, a 50 in Jacksonville for the New Orleans Green Bay game, and a 50 and a half in Las Vegas. Um, those are pretty high, and even the ones in the 40s are quite in the high 40s. Do we see a league-wide scoring environment similar to last year where there were no fans to mess with road with road quarterbacks? Or do we see it more like 2019 or 2018, which were high historically, but not nearly as high as last year where totals uh, were something like three and a half points higher than the next highest one. So the, the, it'll be interest, interesting thing to monitor. Not only we think about home field advantages, the home team being more likely to win a match, but it's more like you know, some of these other secondary markets like team totals and things like that. Well, there we have it. I think that's most things boxed off for the first week and we will be going through all those things for the rest of the season. Now, I just want to quickly, before we end this podcast, Eric, just have a little look at the college side of the game because it's obviously a massive part of the game, lots of betting interest, actually, lots of interest generally, just as from a sporting perspective as well. Uh, we've got outright odds on Pinnacle as well. Um, I'm going to ask you about that. I'll come on to sort of Alabama because they're really heavy favourites with Pinnacle at the moment. But, um, you know, the, the Big 12 is losing two marquee teams, you know, Texas and Oklahoma. Um, they're doing everything that they can, aren't they, to kind of preserve that conference. Um, we've seen Cincinnati have, have formally applied to become part of the Big 12. Um, where do you see the league and how exciting and competitive do you see it being this year, just on a purely semantic basis, first of all, then we'll get into some of the stats. Yeah, it's hard. Like last week we had a lot of high leverage football more than normal. So I, you know, when Clemson played Georgia, Georgia was very much in a, you know, must win situation for the college football playoff because, you know, if they were to lose that game, no team has ever made the college football playoff after having lost a week one game. So if they lose that game, that would have been losing the first game. And then they would have had to most likely beat Alabama in the SEC title game to earn a berth in the college football playoff. And you, we saw Alabama last week against Miami, a very strong side. So the fact that they beat Clemson now gives Clemson a loss in week one. They might be out of the ACC, the first team to to emerge as a college football playoff participant, having lost week one. But what it does for Georgia, it gives them a little bit of slack. They can sort of win out and maybe lose to Alabama in the SEC title game and still make the college football playoff, which makes it interesting. And they are the second favorite to win the college football playoff um, on Pinnacle at just a little bit over four to one. Mm-hmm. Alabama's. Uh, a little bit under two to one, Clemson six to one, Ohio State five to one, Oklahoma eight to one. Um, those are mostly in line with what we have. Um, uh, we have Alabama, you know, more like plus two thirty three. Um, so it's a little bit more variance that we have than the, than the markets uh, would, would imply, but um, very much still in order there. It'll be it'll be interesting to see because now you know all these teams, Ohio State, who had a scare against Minnesota. Um, Oklahoma, who had a scare against Tulane last week, both of those teams, uh, you know, were behind at times in their respective games, basically have to win out uh, in, in order to sort of get that berth in the college football playoff because of how stout Alabama and Georgia look. 
Um, so a, a very, very compelling NCAA season coming up. I think in the future, as we see sort of the Big 12 lose teams like Oklahoma and Texas, but gain teams possibly like Cincinnati, I think what we're going to see is a continuing uh, consolidation of power. We're going to see a college football playoffs if they are staying in four, at four teams, including two SEC teams more often than not. Interesting. That's a really good insight, actually, Eric. Thank you for that. And um, yeah, it is good. I mean, look, let's just quickly talk about Alabama. Why are they such heavy favourites with Pinnacle? It might seem obvious, but just to give people who perhaps haven't even bet on that particular market before a little bit of an edge, a little bit of insight, um, just talk, you know, who, who's to look out for aside from Alabama, but why are they the absolute red hot favourites? Come on. Well, they're, I mean, they're, they're almost never less than like a, a 14 and a half point favorite to win in any game. So um, they have Mercer this week. Mercer's actually not even in FBS. So they'll, they'll win that game. Um, you know, but then they have, they have some, you know, they have Florida state, they have Texas A&M on the road. That's not going to be trivial. Um, you know, they have LSU, but LSU is down. Um, they have the New Mexico State. So they, they kind of have, you know, their, their non-conference schedule. They got through the hardest game with Miami, relatively a breeze at 44-13. And then every other game is mostly uh, a game where they're going to be either, you know, in some cases laying, you know, three touchdowns to, you know, in the, in the really like closer games, like maybe Florida laying two touchdowns, which again is just such a high probability of winning. And they also have the slack of being a team that can lose one of those games because the rest of the SEC is so tough. Every other team's probably going to lose two or three games or more. So then they get in the conference championship, which again, they're almost always a two to three touchdown favorite. And if they are a one loss team that wins the SEC, the toughest conference in college football, they're almost a shoe in to make the college football playoff. We actually have them as a 72% chance to make the college football playoff, which is alarming given that we have Georgia as a 60% chance to do the same thing out of the same conference. So it, it really is just a, an embarrassment of riches and also a path that is very straightforward for them. Wow. That's, that's astonishing. Seriously. Seven. What was that? 70%. Yeah. There we have them a 72% chance. Um, we have their projected wins. So again, this is a 12 game schedule. We have them with 11.1 projected wins, meaning, you know, they're almost a 90% chance to win every single game um, on average. So, so that's a, a pretty, you know, pretty alarming number. It's not bad if you, if you support them, I'll tell you what, that was, that's outstanding. And there will be some who listen to this podcast as well. So that's, uh, that's absolutely astonishing. Um, anything else that jumps off the page at you when you're looking at the odds on Pinnacle from the college game, Eric, before we wrap things up for the first episode? Uh, I think, you know, if you want to look at some games to bet in a week, now it's week two. Um, I think a very compelling game uh, this weekend in college football um, is Iowa versus Iowa State. Currently, Iowa is getting four and a half points in that game. Um, people don't believe in Iowa's offense. People are, are tran- you know, really high on Iowa State and have been, despite the fact that Iowa State barely beat an FCS school last week. Um, I would take the points with Iowa as, as a, if, you, if you want a little bit of Saturday college football action. There we have it. That's what we're going to be looking forward to at the weekend. Eric Eager, thanks so much. Uh, that's episode one. We'll talk to you very, very soon. And um, I hope that the season gets off to a very fruitful start, nailing your colours to the mast early doors back in and using the data. Uh, that's Eric Eager, who is a data expert on the NFL here with Pinnacle. That is all we've got time for on the first episode. Um, 
all the odds. Pinnacle.com is where you can find. We've got, like I said, NCAA Football Live for the first time this season. Higher limits as well on all football um, like there are with pretty much everything else. Premier League soccer and the end of the US Open tennis, depending on when you listen to this, and the Ryder Cup coming up as well. Pinnacle.betting is where you can find stuff on the socials and at Pinnacle on Twitter as well. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again soon.